0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant.
1: It's conversational AI designed to work for any
0: industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome in 98.7 ESPN, Anita Marks with another podcast and an exciting one. Why? Well, Mike Clay joins us. And every time I have him on my radio show, if you do hopefully tune into my radio shows on the weekends, um, I tell you that he is the best in the business and I love having you on, Mike. So first and foremost, thank you so much for your time in spending this uh, this time with us. Um, first and foremost, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing relatively well, you know, just kind of hanging in here, doing uh, as much work as I can from home these days like the rest of us. But, uh, look, I'm, you know, I'm used to it. This is the time of the year where we're kind we're of grinding away, working on projections, and I just posted like 35,000 words of capsules up uh, at the ESPN Fantasy game. So, uh, you know, just trying to stay safe like everybody else and, uh, and and focusing on football.
1: You know, very interesting. You talk about projections. Obviously, your projections are for a – well, now it's a 17-week schedule, right? Oh, well, no, well, that, starting, doesn't, no uh, that doesn't start. That doesn't start yeah. till 2021. <laughs> right. So I'm sorry. So your projections are for a 16 week schedule. But there is a there is a possibility that depending on what happens with COVID-19, that there could be, you know, plan B could be like a 12 week schedule or 10 week schedule. And then I think plan C is worst case scenario, maybe it's only an eight week schedule. Like, have you allotted... Like how difficult is that going to be for you? Like, let's say hypothetically speaking, it ends up just being like, let's say, a ten-week schedule, or a twelve-week. Like, how difficult is it for you to like recrunch those numbers?
0: I won't be too hard. I have a system where it's set up on a per-game basis anyway, so I'll make some tweaks and uh, we'll get some new lines, and, and pretty quickly we could take a look at those. So, uh, but I will say this though, when it comes to what we're going to talk about today, season-long props, you want as large a sample as you could possibly get. So. Uh, obviously, we want as many games as we can get this season. And, and and that's not just for entertainment purposes. It's for getting these props right. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. But for now, you're right. i um, assuming a 16-game season. And then actually, really, I'm assuming less than that for most of these guys because you have to apply injury, right? So, so that's going to be a factor uh, in these as well.
1: Yeah. So this is what we're diving into today. Um, player projections came out. We are going to specifically talk about the guys that you can gamble on, um, whether you can find them at Caesars, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel. So w- the players that we're going to specifically discuss, um, you can find out there in whatever uh, form that you do wager on, in regard to over-under futures prop bets. So let's start with quarterbacks. One in particular, I find this very interesting. You like the over on Tom Brady. Now, the over-under on him is 4,999 and a half yards. And you like the over here. I like the under, but you are the expert. So tell me all the reasons why you like the over on Tom Brady.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I want to lean under on the original line, but it's already plummeted by about, what, 300 yards since the opening line. It's down to just under 4,100 yards. My projection, need is a little over 4,400 yards, closer to that original line. Uh, but here's the thing. He's thrown for 4,100-plus yards, seven of his past eight seasons he's been over this line. He just missed... Last season. He was at forty fifty seven last season, and that's with what was arguably his worst year, with a year where his supporting cast has been widely criticized for not being very good. Again, just missed this number. Now it's a high volume pass heavy offense in New England, sure, but guess what? It is in in, in Tampa Bay as well. Bruce Arians, you look at his past eight offenses, well, seven have been pass first last season. The Bucks top six in both plays per game and in terms of pass rate. So he's still gonna be throwing it a lot. And he's going to be passing downfield more often. I mean, he didn't have great vertical weapons in New England. In Tampa Bay, he has Mike Evans, top 10 in average depth of target, five of his six seasons in the league, top 10 in yards per target the past two seasons. Chris Godwin, fourth best after the catch last season. Rob Gronkowski, his past three seasons, number one at tight end in average depth of target, all three of them. He's never been lower than ninth. And O.J. Howard even, look at look at the reserves here even. O.J. Howard, top three in dot all three of his seasons in the league. You could even go to the number three receiver, uh, probable number three receiver, Tyler Johnson, who they drafted. He was third in this year's impressive wide receiver rookie class in yards for route run last season. So I think you put everything together, barring a catastrophic injury. I think he gets there. And honestly, he could maybe sit out a week, and I still think he hits this mark.
1: Very interesting. Okay, so I'm not going to debate with you in regard to the talent and the skill set that he has around him. Uh, definitely better than a New England. Besides the rumors out there that he just was fed up with Bill Belichick, I'm sure that was a big reason why he left. Here's my concerns, Mike. Number one, uh, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. This isn't the AFC East where all those teams, let's be honest, with all due respect, just absolutely suck. Going up against New Orleans twice, Atlanta twice, Carolina, I think their defense is going to be okay, not great. but So I, I think that's going to be more difficult. He's going to be 43 years old. Okay, you mentioned injury. There's a good possibility there. And his offensive line play, I'm sorry, worse, He's he's a guard at best. They started him at right tackle. I, I just I think Tom Brady's going to be running for his life next year. And he's we both know he's not as athletic um, as Jameis Winston. Um, and on top of that, one thing that we did see a lot of in New England is they always knew about, They never had like an outstanding running back, like a big name running back. But they had a lot of depth, and they were able to run the football a lot. Where they were able to keep defenses honest, and they played within a system. And I, I just I just don't see that. So. Um, I'm just, I'm not as high on, on Tom Brady as, as most people are. So I, I would, I take the under here, but I know that you like the over. And like I said, you're, you're more the, you're, you're, you're a wizard when it comes to these, these, these projections. (laughs) we'll see about that. But, um, I think I have a feeling there's quite a few, I think you and I are going to be wagering on a a few bottles of wine.
0: I'm in. Okay. So this
1: is, so this is one of those bottles of wine.
0: Alright, that's okay. one. Count them. Alright, alright, the, Put it on the board. There's one. You,
1: you got it. I'm actually, I'm highlighting it. Alright, so, <laughs> so we've got Murray, quarterback as we know in Arizona. Uh, love this kid. Over under, um uh, 3,899 and a half passing yards. Here's, and, and you have the under on this. I'm really, which, by the way, just little, on DraftKings, you can get it at 3,000, not thirty nine fifty and a half. and a half. So you have it right now. I want to say this was Caesars. You can get it at Caesars at three, eight, nine, nine and a half. You get on DraftKings at three, nine, fifty and a half. Now, you like the under here. I'll tell you what I do like the over, and I'd love for you to comment on this, is his rushing yards. 499 and a half. I like the over. I think he'll rush for five hundred yards this season. Um and also uh I, I, I do expect him to rush for a number of touchdowns. So I'm I'm over and on all he can do with his legs. You are under on what he can do with his arm. Why?
0: Yeah, first of all, I'm a little under on the rushing yards, so i probably stay away. But if you're over on rushing yards, you pretty much have to be under on passing yards. I'm going to tell you why right now. So if he gets to this passing yard line that Caesars has of 3,900, that will be a the 11th most all-time by a second-year quarterback who is drafted. So – and I say when drafted because there's a couple of guys like a Kurt Warner who came in late in his career. We don't want to count him, so keep that in mind. It's a little bit of context. It would be a historical season, but here's where it really gets interesting. Of those past ten who pulled that off, only two of the previous, uh, only two of those ten had more than seventy-five carries during that season. Dante Culpepper and Deshaun Watson. Why is that notable? Well, we know Kyler is a dual-threat quarterback, as you just alluded to. He had ninety-three carries last season. Since two thousand nine, there have been thirty-five instances in which a quarterback carried the ball more than 75 times in a single season, four of those 35 got to 3,900 passing yards. It is a really high bar to get to if you're a rushing quarterback, which we know Kyler Murray is. Yes, he could be the next superstar in this league. He has the pedigree. He was the first overall pick. He's in a a good second year system, but that doesn't mean you should bet on it, right? I I think the odds are against it. I'm at 3,757 for passing yards. And again, just a little under the rushing yard total, as well. So again, kind of pick your poison, right? I mean, if you want to go, if you think he's going to be over the, the rushing yards, go over and then take the under on the passing yards and, and vice versa.
1: All right. So we're in agreement there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns, new offensive coordinator in Stefanski, um, who is a run first uh, head coach slash offensive coordinator, right? Like, because we know he's coming over from Minnesota. You like the under here. You think he's going to pass for under 4,000 yards. Why?
0: Yeah, and by the way, uh, you know, obviously Mike Zimmer had his offensive coordinator fired because he wasn't running the ball enough. So that could be a factor with why the the Vikings were the second-run heaviest team in the league last season. So I'm projecting the Browns bal- balanced, right? I think they'll be kind of toward the middle, uh, but I don't think they'll be pass-heavy, right, just based on what we've seen from Stefanski so far. So keep that in mind that even though I'm not – I don't have them run heavy. I have them kind of balanced. I still go under on Baker Mayfield by almost – 300 yards here uh look last season he was a little over 300 yards while handling just under 99 percent of the browns dropbacks that is a hard thing to do only 13 quarterbacks went over 95 percent last season St- projected starting quarterbacks on average will play about 13 games so the fact that he was on the field for almost every play almost unheard of in the league it's, it's at least pretty rare and that was a healthy year for quarterbacks last season so keep that in mind last year Tenth in the NFL in pass attempts. He averaged 7.2 yards per attempt. That was around league average. So his season probably wasn't as bad as you think. And still he fell short of this line. As you mentioned, probably going to a more balanced or perhaps a run-heavy offense. Last year, Kirk Cousins, 24th in pass attempts, barely cleared 3,600 yards with uh, Kevin Stefanski calling the plays. So I I just think there's a lot of reasons to to feel like he's going to fall short of 4,000 yards here.
1: I'm with you. I agree with you. Uh, So the only in in regard to uh, your projections and the quarterback uh, prop bets that you like, the only one we do disagree on is, is, is the Brady over. Um, I have him as the under here are some quarterback prop bets that I like. I'm just going to throw them out. And maybe there's one that sticks out to you that you like, or maybe there's one that sticks out to you, Mike, that you just don't like. Okay. I love cards. Carson Wentz over 39, 3,944 and a half passing yards. Um, Listen, Alsh- it's, I, I don't think people realize, and I know you're a big Eagles fan, I don't think people realize how good and how much depth this Eagles team has. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, that he can stay healthy. healthy. Um Arsega Whiteside, Greg Ward, who got a lot of playing time last year because of so many injuries. They draft Rager. Um, they bring in God uh, Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin from San Francisco. You've got Ertz and Got and and Goddard, and then and then Scott running back out of the backfield that's utilized big time in the passing game. There are, let alone Miles Sanders, there are so many weapons here for Carson Wentz to work with. Let alone a good offensive line. Again, if they could stay healthy, I think they got the best offensive lineman in the draft last year. And Andre Dillard, by the way, I just I, I think this offense has the potential to be so explosive. I, I just, it's like one of my favorites. Another one, Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo bills, um, over 3,200 passing yards, also over 20 and a half touchdowns. The addition of digs, um, along with all the uh, talent that they added to the roster last year in Devin Singletary coming into his second season. I just, I, I think the bills are going to dominate the AFC East. And, and I think Josh Allen's going to have a monster year, um, Lamar Jackson, I like the over in his rushing yards, over, which he has to reach 920 rushing yards for that over to come through. I like that. And the other, the other one that I like is I love Phillip Rivers in this Colts offense. Over, he has to, he has to pass for uh, 4,250 passing yards for the over to come through. I love the, the, the fact that they drafted Michael Pittman Jr. To me, he was one of the best wide receivers in the draft and the fact that they got him uh, you know, in the second round was was just amazing. I think that's going to really open things up for T.Y. Hilton. Trey Burton, again, you being an Eagles fan, you know what he was able to do in uh, in, in Philadelphia, fell way short in Chicago and now is a part of the Colts. I love that one-two punch with Burton and, and Jack Doyle. If Burton, we see Burton kind of uh, resurrect himself like we saw him with the Eagles. So those are the three, and, and I know it's over, 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 but those are the three quarterbacks that I'm expecting. I think that there's some low expectations for these guys, and I like the over. And everything that I talked about was there. One that stood out to you that you're like absolutely, Anita, or was there one that you're like Anita, you're crazy?
0: Yeah, I think you're you're a crazy aggressive with the overs based on what we saw from these props last season. So you, they, they make me a little nervous. I will say this, Phillip Rivers, you're you're looking at forty two forty nine five. You like the over there. Uh, you can get. You can get 4,000 at uh, Caesars right now. So if you do like the over, I mean, that's a substantial difference there. I th- think that's interesting. I'm a little under, actually, uh, even on that line. So I think it's just a run-heavy offense, uh, and and obviously he's getting up there in age. So I do like the under there. Um, uh, let's see, uh, just a quick recap. Wentz, I'm a little under on that one, so I disagree. Josh Allen, though, I agree with you on the, the passing yards. I'm uh, about 200 yards above that line. Uh, I think the defense probably won't be quite as healthy as it's been the last two years. They've had some luck in that department. So more pressure on him. He's going to have to throw the ball more instead of handing it off. That should allow him to boost that number a little bit. Still worried about his, his uh, abilities to throw the football, but I think the yardage can add up to a number higher than that. Um, and then, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, I'm under on the rushing yards. Uh, I, I, I It is close. My projection is in this ballpark for sure. But just something to keep in mind here, one little nugget. He said he's going to be running the ball. The exact quote is, I don't think I'll be running a lot. Uh, he expect them to call more runs for their running backs, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram. They drafted J.K. Dobbins. Keep in mind, 41 of his 176 carries last season were scrambles. Only 41. That's a lot of designed runs that could perhaps go to other players. They want to keep him upright. Uh, I, that's why I think he's going to come up a little bit short. History suggests he will come up short.
1: So, the, so, so really the one that stands out to you that you do agree with me is, is Josh Allen.
0: Yes. Yes. We're on board with that with passing yards.
1: You know, there's a few people when you talk about Josh Allen, I talk about the Buffalo Bills. There's a few people who feel that the trade for Stefan Diggs is not going to work out, whether, you know, he's just a disgruntled person, um, period. What what are, what are your thoughts? I, I, I love the trade. I think it is going to work out. Diggs goes there. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that Adam Thielen. Is Adam Thielen the one? Is Diggs the one? He can go there. He could be the one. Everybody else, let's be honest. D- no disrespect to John Brown and Beastly and these guys. Like they're all two wide receivers. Like Diggs is going there. Diggs going to be is going to be the stud. Josh Allen has a huge arm. I, I just I, I think it's going to be a great fit for him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I you look. He it wasn't about winning in Minnesota for him, right? They were winning games just fine. The problem with that he had was not getting the ball enough and. That was while the number one receiver with Adam Thielen missing half the season, he still wasn't getting a ton of volume. So now he goes from one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league last season to one of the least efficient passers in the league. And it's still a conservative, run heavy offense with a quarterback that's going to scramble before he's going to throw a lot of time. So I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with that concern. I, 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 could, I could definitely see Diggs being disgruntled in this Buffalo situation. But I, on the other hand, I agree that he's going to be their clear number one wide receiver. I have a, a little south of a thousand yards receiving, but uh, yeah, if, if there's headaches there and he's upset because he's not getting the ball enough, I, <laughs> that would not surprise me at all.
1: All right, uh, since we're talking wide receivers, let's just pick up right there. And uh, and there's two that you like. Um, one is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of hype, a lot of excitement with him going out to the desert and playing in a air raid offense and all that excitement. You like you like the under here, under nine touchdowns for Hopkins this season. Why?
0: Yeah, nine's just too high for anyone. I mean, you have to – he has to score double-digit touchdowns for you to win this one, and that's a really high bar for any player, let alone, a you know, a, a guy who has been under seven touchdowns in four of seven NFL seasons despite missing two total games during this span. It's not like health has been a reason, like, you can apply to Odell Beckham. Hopkins has been out there. He, did, he hasn't been hurt, and he's still four of his seven seasons under seven, not even the nine, seven. Uh, and, again, last season, look at some context here – only six wide receivers even got to nine touchdowns. Only two went over. Only two receivers, Galladay and Cup, got to ten touchdowns last season. Also, you know, Arizona probably gonna pass the ball a little bit more here and certainly near the goal line. But last season, fifty-three percent of their touchdowns were passes. That was a fourth lowest mark in the NFL. They chose to run the ball as the goal line got near. So I have Hopkins at seven point eight. Uh that's a pretty pretty generous uh, touchdown projection for anyone. So the fact that that's 1.2 below his line of nine, I mean, that's pretty striking. So I love the under here.
1: Now, um, Mike and I recorded a video for Daily Wager last night, and we were talking about wide receivers, and I threw this stat out. I came across this stat. I found this interesting um, and, and pretty shocking. Last year, only two wide receivers posted double-digit touchdowns. One was Kenny Galladay. The other one was Cooper Cup. Okay, now, a number of reasons because of that, but one that I found very interesting is that in this past happy NFL, um, this past season, teams used four or more wideouts on 500 passing plays. Well, that was up from 361 and 218. Mike, can we yeah. just mar- can we marinate in that for a minute? So, you know, I, I just I, I find that really really interesting. So, I'm I'm with you. I agree with you on the under. Um, but also pretty surprising that both the, the two wide receivers that put up those numbers was Galladay and Cooper Cup, which of course now that moves me into your Cooper Cup prop bet as being one of the only two that put up double digits. You have him under seven and a half touchdowns this year.
0: Yeah, I do. And a lesson to be learned as we work through this and and what you just pointed out is that touchdowns are not a skill set stat, right? Snaps and opportunities are a skill set stat. Touchdowns are not. That's opportunity, right? You need to get the targets near the goal line and the carries near the goal line to score touchdowns. And that's why touchdown regression to the mean is one of the only sure bets in this very tough business that we're in of prognostication. We know that that's coming for these players and Cooper Cup is one of those guys. The line here is seven and a half. Uh, seven and a half uh, touchdown catches. Look, he's had 16 touchdowns in his past 24 games. He's been quote-unquote good in this department, but again, it's been a bit fluky. His expected touchdown total is 8.2, almost half that number during the span. Uh, Last season, only six end zone targets. That was 48th in the NFL. He only has 15 of those in his career so far, and take this for what it's worth because Brandon Cooks is gone, so we don't want to go overboard with this, but in the final month last season, Sean McVay, for the first time in his career as a head coach, switched to a two-tight end heavy for uh, offense. And during that final month, Cooper Capps, uh Cooper Cup's snaps plummeted, his routes plummeted, his target share went from twenty-five percent all the way down to fifteen percent. Now, I don't think he'll be a fifteen percent this season. He's too big of a part of that offense, and and Cooks is gone, as mentioned. But that's something to keep in mind as well here. So my projection comes in at five point seven. That's pretty significantly below his line of seven and a half
1: that's for sure um one that i really love is dj chark again we talked about it last night if you can uh we're our our video is on youtube um so if you can check it out daily wager we're talking about the uh prop bets for the wide receivers but and we talked about him last when we recorded last night um over Four, nine forty-nine and a half and a half receiving yards, also over six and a half touchdowns for a number of reasons. Um, first of all, the chemistry that you saw develop between him and, and, and Gardner Minshew, and it's been communicated that the Jags are going to see what they have in Gardner Minshew this year. Um, just, I, I think, I think a, a wide receiver that flies low on the radar. I, I love one of the stats that, that really stood out to me in researching this, Mike was when either it was Foles or Minshew when they targeted Chark, their QB rating was over 100. And when they targeted other wide receivers on that roster, it was down around 60. So it just goes to show you what a phenomenal wide receiver he is and how he's able his, – his, his percentage of, of uh, targets that uh, – that receptions from targets is really, really impressive. Um, he had a, quite a few multi-touchdown games. I think he's going to be a big part of their red zone target uh, play calling. So I, I DJ chart to me is, is I I just, I love the over here.
0: Yeah. I like the over on the yardage. The touchdown one is too close to call for me. I come in at five and a half. Uh, last year he had the eight touchdowns, but his expected total was 6.3. He was a little bit over his head in that department. And you also had the unluckiest player in the NFL in the touchdown department on this roster, Leonard Fournette, who should have had a significantly more touchdowns last season. In fact, his, uh, OTD was 9.3. His touchdown total was three, which is, again, it's it's it was one of the unluckiest seasons we've seen over the past decade in the NFL in the touchdown department. So I think more scores go to him and to the running game, and that's going to cost chart one or two. Um, and then a little bit of regression the mean factored in. I think it's going to be a low-scoring offense. I think you add that all together, and this one is too close to call for me, but Anita. Uh, Charm is my favorite preseason sleeper last year, so I, I'm with you on the talent. I like him a lot, and if Gardner Minshew is the real deal, it will go over. I'm a, just a little lukewarm on that situation.
1: All right, let's talk about two veterans at the wide receiver position, um, and, and and obviously one with some big storyline. That's Julian Edelman, right? No Tom Brady. Um, if you know anything about me, I, I love Jared Stidham. I, what I wanted to see the Giants do last year, I wanted them to take Josh Allen in the first round and then turn around and take Jared Stidham in the second round. Stidham fell to the fourth. I, I think it was probably one of the biggest steals for the Patriots. And what we're hearing is that the Patriots are going to see what they have in Jared Stidham this year, and probably nobody's more as, more excited about it than I am. But Julian Edelman, over under four and a half touchdowns? Are you kidding me? Would Nikhil Harry, Sanu, Matt Lacoste as the tight end? Who else is Stidham going to throw to? I, is is this not like is this not like waving at you like take the over four and a half touchdowns julian edelman i mean especially somebody who's as savvy as he is
0: yeah uh i it's close for me again uh yeah i'm gonna be pretty conservative, i like a lot of unders when it comes to uh touchdown receptions, but I do come in at four point six so uh, it's a close call. He has six touchdowns each of the past two seasons. He's never really utilized near the goal line, which is the problem. He's never had more than nine end zone targets in a season. And that was actually way back in 2013. Uh, and, and again, we just worry about this being a disaster, right? I mean, I don't know if Bill Belichick will let that happen. I don't think he would go into a season with a quarterback he thought was going to be a total nightmare back there. Uh, he has to have seen something to think that Sim was going to be at least a, a solid quarterback. Um, but it's possible. I mean, the guy only has thrown a handful of passes in the NFL. It's possible that this is just going to be a really, really ugly situation and they're just going to struggle to score points. I mean, look, they had Tom Brady last year and they were, they really struggled to score touchdowns the last couple months of the season. So now you're taking a step back in that department, obviously. So there's a little bit of risk here just based on his size, his age, his utilization and the quarterback situation. But again, I'm at four six. So if, if I had to lean maybe toward the over, but it's close.
1: Um, Michael Thomas, over under 1,500 and a half receiving yards, over under eight and a half touchdowns. I am going under here. I love the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints offense. Um, of course, you have Smith, you have Cook, Kamara, big part of that offense in the passing game. So I just, that's such a big number. Uh, for me, I, I think this is a no brainer on the under. You seem to be very conservative. I, I would be shocked if you think it'd be over here.
0: No question. Actually, uh, the yardage is huge, the gap there. I'm at 1330, so I'm well below that. Uh, touchdowns, his line is 8.5. I'm at 8.8, so that's a close call. I would stay away, especially because uh, as, as you have aligned here, the latest line juice is minus 130, which is, is significant. So uh, I might be interested in that juice on the yardage, but the touchdowns, no thanks.
1: Um, out of the wide receivers, um, Henry Ruggs with the Oakland Raiders, over, under, four and a half touchdowns. Um, Jerry Judy, who we know went to the Denver Broncos, who I think was an absolute steal, by the way, over under 824 and a half receiving yards. Either of those rookies in those lines impress you at all for over-unders?
0: Uh, Rugs, I'm going to uh, stay away from. I, I, I'm too close to calling the touchdown line. Uh, his yardage at 740. I'm a little above that one, so maybe I lean above since he's the clear number one there. Uh Judy though I'm gonna go under. I, I do like the talent a lot. I think it was a nice get. But remember, they they're a run heavy team first of all. And they might loosen that up a little bit, but I don't think it'll be much, because remember, Vic Fangio is the head coach. This is a very good defense on paper. I think it's gonna they're gonna try to model what the the uh Bears did a couple of years ago and lean heavily on that standout defense and, and run the football. So not to mention they signed Melvin Gordon, so they have incentive to. But uh there's a lot of competition here for Judy. You have Cortland Sutton who's the one, you have KJ Hamler, who uh, he and Judy will probably rotate between, you know, the perimeter and the slot and three wide sets, and you also have Noah Fant, who's a breakout candidate at tight end. So lots of mouths to feed there. I have met seven hundred and six yards. So love the talent, love the long term situation, but uh, I think he comes up short of this line as a rookie.
1: I just here is the thing with Rugs and, and, and Judy. I just I think their yards after the catch um, is going to be pretty significant. Um, I think there's a reason why the Raiders went with, with Ruggs. I think his skill set really fits what they're doing with Derek Carr, um, and and Derek Carr, you know, typically, you know, his uh, his his average depth of target is six yards. And even though Ruggs went a ran a four two seven forty, that's pretty much his wheelhouse in in how he was how he played in Alabama. So. Um, I'm leaning on the over in regard to the receiving yards for both these guys just because their speed and their, their, their break, breakout ability, their breakaway ability. Um, two tight ends I want to throw your way, and I'm going under with both of them. One is Gronk, over under uh, 625 and a half receiving yards, over under five and a half touchdown passes. As we talked about just a few minutes ago, we were talking about Tom Brady all the weapons that Tom Brady is going to have to work with Evans, Godwin, OJ Howard. Don't forget Cameron, right? Cameron Brate is still on that team, isn't he? So they've got, they've got three number one tight ends on that team. Um, and I just, listen, I, 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 think it's a great story. I think it's fun, but I just, I, I still, I don't see Gronk being that vintage Gronk that we saw in new England in Tampa, and here's another thing we haven't talked about yet, Mike, is this whole COVID-19. How long are they going to have to really come together and practice? How, how familiar? What system are they going to run? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, is, are they going to run Bruce Arian's system? Is it going to be a mixture of both? Like, I, I just, I, I think there's a lot of obstacles here for not just Tom Brady, but also Gronk and the team in, in general. So I'm going under on yards and touchdowns for Gronk. I'm really, really curious what side of the coin you're on.
0: Yeah, I think I was fairly conservative with Gronkowski. So if you play fantasy, like I have him just inside the top 10. That's where his numbers come out, just to give you a little bit of context. I'm at 51 catches, 690 yards, and 4.8 touchdowns. So I'm a little over on the yardage. And again, that's not with a massive target, and That's actually only in 14 games as well. And a big part of that is what we talked about earlier on the show, the last three full seasons he's played, he's been number one in, in average depth of target among tight ends. I don't think that's going to change, right? He's still going to be a, a vertical option uh, at that position. So I think he can get closer to 700 yards in 14 games. So I like you over there, but uh, I'm with you. I, I would lean under on the touchdowns. You know, I talked about touchdown regression of the mean earlier and Gronk is one of the guys who, you know, maybe pulled the hair out of my head earlier in his career because he broke it, right? He just kept scoring at will and, and that kind of stuff almost never happens. Well, his last three years in the league, that wasn't the case. He was right at or under his expected total. He kind of he crashed back to earth in that department, so you can't just assume he's going to be a touchdown machine like he was uh, early in his in his prime in New England. Um, so I'm uh, for the most part with you on that one. I know you also are interested in, in Zach Ertz here as well. <clears throat> um, I'm with you on the under. Yeah, the line, 899.5 on the yardage. I'm at 823. And uh, his line for touchdowns is seven and a half. I'm at six point eight. Uh, they they want to keep Goddard involved, and and a part of why Ertz really racked up the production down the stretch last season is they really didn't have much at receiver, but they should be healthier and better at that position. So uh, I'm I think I'm with you on the tight ends. We actually agree almost across the board here. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're definitely a lot more conservative with a lot a lot more of these players than I am. That's for sure. But uh, those are two tight ends that. Um, you know, no denying their greatness, but I just think are not going to be able to achieve. I think what a lot of people are looking at in, in regard to stats. Let's end on uh, two running backs that you feel good about. Um, Christian McCaffrey, who got an unbelievable deal with Carolina, which is great, so deserving. I, I love C-Mac; he's like one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, but you have under twelve hundred forty-nine and a half rushing yards and under nine and a half rushing touchdowns. Offense, new new coach, of course uh, Matt Rule. He's going to be calling the plays, whatnot. New quarterback. Why why are you on the under here in both regards for C-Mac?
0: Yeah, bet against the uh, extremes, bet against outliers, and and be okay missing once in a while. You know, that's the, I'm okay with that. I apply that to to gambling, to fantasy, and it's going to generally work out pretty well. Uh, and, and that that goes for McCaffrey here. So. Uh, look, let's, let's start with, uh, the, the yardage, the line's 1249 and a half. I'm at 1050 with my, uh, my total for this season, my projection for this season. And, and look at a little bit of historical context. Of the 35 running backs who reached 1300 rushing yards in a single season from 2009 to 18, only 12 of those 35 reached 1250 the following season. And, uh, guys just, he's, he's done it two years in a row in terms of heavy touch volume. Can he do it three in a row? It's something that I, I don't feel great about, and you know, before I get even deeper into that, I'll, I'll switch to the touchdown total, which is nine and a half. I come in at eight point six. He had fifteen touchdowns last season, but his expected total or his OTD, as I mentioned earlier, is ten. Uh, was ten point eight, and that was when he ranked fourth in the NFL with two hundred and eighty-seven carries. Now, the new coach Matt Rule says he's going to use him less. He doesn't want him to be a 90 95 percent snap sort of player. They're going to get other people uh, involved for sure. So. I like the unders here. And a little bit, by the way, a little bit more context here on the touchdowns. From 07 to 18, 14 running backs had 15-plus rushing touchdowns in a season, only 14 during that span. That group averaged 6.1 the next season. Only five of the 14 reached 10 touchdowns. It's a really, really hard number to get to. Uh, I'm going to go under on both of these. It's just it's too much.
1: Here's one that I do like, and that's Joe Mixon. Over five and a half rushing touchdowns. Um, we're expected AJ Green to be back, right? In the mix for Cincinnati. Yeah. They draft Joe Burrow. I think that's going to open up things for Joe Mixon. I, you know, I think this is a, I think this is, a, this is somebody who, uh, who flies low on the radar as well. Um, I don't think, I, I think he's undervalued, especially when we talk a lot about fantasy football. So I, I love the over, I, I'm surprised it's only five and a half rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I actually like this one a lot. It's one of my favorites as well. And look, I don't like taking overs, especially for running backs. So this is saying a lot, but I'm at 6.4 for his, his rushing touchdown total. Look, he's been top nine and carries rushing yards, OTD, and carries inside the five each of the past two seasons. He did have eight touchdowns back in 2018. Last year, he only had the five, but his OTD was 8.5, right? So his expected total is much higher the offense around him is better the offensive line which will have uh, 2019 first round pick Jonah Williams back is better and also you, you're a lot of times when you're you're listening to Bengal's analysis you'll hear either oh, but their defense is terrible their defense is not that terrible anymore they may they were pretty aggressive this offseason finally uh, and and made some impact uh, moves including DJ Reeder up front and, and three new starters in the secondary uh, so I actually like what they did on that side of the ball, and I think they might be competent. Not great, but a competent defense. So uh, if, the, if the defense is better, that's more opportunities to be competitive, more opportunities for Joe Mixon to run the football and deliver on both his uh, rushing touchdown and his rushing yardage prop. I actually like both overs.
1: All right. Hey, before we sign off, what's your, what's your favorite player prop bet that's out there right now, Mike? What's the one that's just like screaming to you, like this is just something's wrong here, somebody pinch me? I need, I need to bet on this right away.
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's when we talked about it. It's Cooper Cup, for sure. I'm at 5.7 projected touchdowns. He's at 7.5. That has to be the one that I like the most.
1: Fantastic. Um, thank you, my friend. I really do appreciate your time, as always. Um, people can't see you. We're recording this, uh, this podcast on Zoom. Mike's got a full beard and a stash, <laughs> and you look, you look you look so different. Look well,
0: well, look at look at me. I mean, I wanted to be different during the quarantine. I thought I would grow a beard. No one else is doing that, so I'm being original. And
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, no, everyone. of course,
0: of course. I, I'm just following. I'm following the masses here and just uh, letting it, letting it grow out.
1: We want to let everybody know that uh, that every single prop bet that we discussed on uh, the podcast today is is, is actually a prop bet that you can go out there and you could wager on. Whether it's um, Caesars, uh, MGM. DraftKings, FanDuel, um, and uh, and and find the best odds for yourself. Uh, Mike, again, thank you so much. Uh, glad that you and your family are uh, are healthy and safe, and we really do appreciate your time here on ninety eight point seven ESPN.